What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co-host, Zach Hamill, for another NBA podcast episode. How are we doing today, Zach? Hey, man, I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad, you know. Finally getting over the Bills the Bills loss, but it was a fun season, but now we got full NBA to look forward to and talk about for the rest of the year. Uh we're going to go through a couple teams that have been surprising um in a good way and a couple teams that have been, you know, on the downward trend that we might not have seen at the beginning of the season. We're going to kind of go over the James Harden trade a little bit more now that we've gotten to see, you know, Kyrie and KD play with him um, in full for a few games now. And then we're going to end the show with um, our East and West all-star lineups. Let's start off with a couple teams, though, that have been kind of surprising. And I'll let you go first. What's one team that's really stood out to you and has been a little bit of a surprise to you this year? My first one for that is the Cavs. Uh, they were like the worst team in the NBA like history the last couple of years, not just in the league, like stunningly bad all time. And they didn't really change their team up much, um, except having Pickerstaff as the coach full time, and then that little Harden trade. But that didn't change a ton of it. Like they're still playing through um, Garland and Sexton, and they've been awesome. Um, their offense still moves pretty slow, but they're playing really hard defense, and they're uh, sitting at ninety nine right now. I never saw, I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, I think. Going into the year, you look at that team, you know, Kevin Love's obviously been dealing with injury. He's been, you know, subject to some trade rumors himself of maybe he gets bought out um, when he becomes healthy or they just try to trade him in general. Um, They just had a lot of front court players, which many people kind of question why they even added Jared Allen when they already have, you know, Andre Drummond. They drafted a Coro. I know he's not, you know, power forward or center but they have Larry Nance too um pretty loaded in the front court but they've played a lot better than I think like you said many people have expected I think Garland has developed nicely Colin Sexton's been having a phenomenal year um and I definitely think the coaching staff has been doing a really good job I mean they beat the Nets twice in a row um and Sexton was giving it all he could against Kyrie and that was a really fun uh matchup to watch but yeah I've been impressed with um the Cavs so far as well um my first team that stood out to me not necessarily from the perspective of um I definitely think we both had them in our playoffs for the west but I just didn't think they'd be this good as the Utah Jazz um they've you know I think beginning of the year we probably would have both slotted them in anywhere from the three to six range I feel like that's kind of how they've always been and I know there's still a long way to go in the season but they've been playing just some tremendous basketball we talked about it the other day, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, and Mike Conley are feeding off one each other greatly. Um, they just have a bunch of good players that kind of fit Snyder's system, whether it's Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Gobert, still that anchor on defense. Jordan Clarkson, I think, was a huge re-sign for them um, to come, come in off the bench and give them that instant offense. Um, so I'm really liking what the Jazz are doing, and I think they're a little bit, you know, better than I even expected. Yeah, they've been awesome. I think last year it just uh, – the, the Conley thing didn't really fit as well as we all thought it would at first, and I think it feels like that's finally clicking and that's opened up a ton of stuff for them. 
Um, I think bringing favors back is um, helped their second unit a lot. And like you said, they just have a bunch of wings that know how to play. Yeah, and I didn't even throw Joe Ingles in that, the constant vet as well. Um, who's your second team that you would have as kind of surprising you this year? I have the Grizzlies. They're sitting at seven and six, I think. Um, when Ja went down, I just figured they were going to be in the mix for the ones for the f- first overall pick. Um, I just don't think there's that much there because Jack just um, Jaron Jackson Jr. hasn't even played yet, and that's their two biggest picks in the last couple of years. But they've had guys step up all over. It seems like they're really well coached. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks, Valanciunas, Grayson Allen, Trey Jones, guys, guys like that, um, or. Yeah, is it Trey or Tyus Jones? Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Yeah, yeah I always get them. They look exactly alike too. Yeah. Um, but everyone on the I mean, it's just a team that I figured would be, you know, every team is going to kind of take it easy on and and kind of walk. I think they were on like a six game win streak. Their only loss was to the Lakers. It was a really close game. Um, and now that Morant's back, they're probably going to be in the playoff race. And I didn't think they would be this year. Yeah, I completely agree. When Ja went down, I pretty much wrote off their season. Um. But now that he's back and they were kind of able to weather the storm with those guys, Kyle Anderson's played really well for them as well. Yeah, Brandon Clark. Um, yeah, and Brandon Clark's taken a huge step. Um, really like them. My other surprise team is the New York Knicks. The Knicks have actually been playing some decent basketball. Austin Rivers has been playing out of his mind lately. Um, R.J. Barrett's playing very well. Randall's playing good. Um I'm not sure I'm getting as much of an impact as I would have thought from Mitchell Robinson, but he's still doing a good job. But it seems like a lot of those players, even though it's not the most talented team in the world, they're kind of buying into Tibbs' system. And, you know, I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but right now they're going to be in a spot to at least compete for a playoff spot, and they're exceeding my expectations by a lot. Yeah, they've been really good. Um, Well, considering what our expectations were, I know they're a couple games under 500, but still – They've um, they've they played every team close when they lose to. Uh, they've beaten some really good teams. Emmanuel quickly looks really good. he's he's the actual player uh, coming off the bench. Um, I, yeah, I just I just think that uh, they were right not to spend any money this summer because if they can build they can build a culture there and then have all the money in the world and and a top three pick, they're actually headed somewhere for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, transitioning into some teams that are not meeting expectations. I'll start off this one that I thought was for sure at least going to be right there for the playoffs, but right now they look like they're in line for potentially another number one overall pick, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. They have been completely underwhelming. For as much talent as they have, they just have not clicked in any way. I'm not even sure it's that much on Van Gundy as a coach. I just think right now the roster as it's constructed isn't really built to that system. Like, I just don't know what their plan was going into the year as far as their backcourt was because, you know, Bledsoe's really not playing great. And I thought Lonzo Ball was going to have a good year, but that was also me thinking that, He'd be playing point, and they've kind of been putting him at a shooting guard spot a lot, and that's really not what he needs to be at. Lonzo Ball is not going to be this elite shooter in the NBA. That's just not what he's there to do. He's going to be a guy that's a decent defender, can easily get you eight to ten assists a game in the right offense, running pick and rolls. I mean, he's probably 
top five passer in the NBA. And his shot's definitely going to continue to improve. I just think there's so many question marks in that lineup. I know Lonzo, Bledsoe, and J.J. Redick have all been in trade talks. And I think Steven Adams is kind of there. You know, they lost a few bench pieces as well. Jackson Hayes hasn't been as good this year either. Um, they're kind of just a weird team that I thought was going to be a lot better. I think more so just because of the talent they had with, you know, Ingram and Zion. And I don't think it's just clicked yet. Yeah, I think they thought they'd be able to make a nice run at it this year. Uh, you know, not at the championship, but at maybe like home court or something. And it's just not going to happen. So they should really shift their focus. I mean, they got so many assets for Davis. I think they kind of maybe jumped the gun on, um, you know, how fast they'd be good. And like, you, like I just think they should listen to every phone call for those for those other guys because they they should shift their focus now to going forward with Ingram and Zion and doing whatever you have to do to make that work. Um, right now, it's not working, and it, and it it's it's the ancillary pieces, but it's also those two guys. Um, Zion doesn't play defense, and Ingram, you know, it's been three or four years now of him scoring at will, but his like like the team's not winning when he's on the court. Um, they're not. He's never been in the playoffs. I don't know. He's got to. He's got to do something else. He seems like one of those bad team, heavy stack kind of guys. And you know, I could be wrong, but they should really just. They need to really think hard about who to surround those two guys with because I would hang on to them, of course. But the other three guys in the starting lineup can, can, can get traded, in my opinion. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they just need to find a point guard or a shooting guard that would mesh well with those two, like you said. Who is a team that's kind of been down? Um, for you this year? I have Toronto. They've been a little bit better lately, um, but they still just haven't looked like themselves. Like their ball's not whipping around like it used to. I think having, I think misunder, I, mis- I underestimated how um, much Gasol and Ibaka helped their, helped their offense just move the ball around as, as good screeners and passers and quick decision makers. Baines has been horrible. Um, they found with something in Chris Boucher, but he's still kind of just a rim runner. They don't, it's, it's like I said, it's not one of those passing big men that can, um, keep the ball moving. Uh, Norman Powell, I think is the, the streakiest player in the league. You know, if he's off, he's one of the, he, he can't make anything. And if he's on, he's, he's cooking. And he doesn't seem to be a, like a middle ground there at all. Um, you know, and then Ananobi, Lowry and Van Vliet are, are solid, but they're not stars. And Siakam's just been a complete disappointment since, you know, ever since the playoffs last year. And he, he really not even just the playoffs, the whole back half of the season last year, I think he started off so hot that that was the unsustainable part. And the rest of this is just who he is. Yeah, I had Toronto on my list as well. Um, like you said, just they haven't been getting the production they need in the front court. I also underestimated um, how much the Ibaka and Gasol losses were as well. And I think part of that was, you know, they lose Kawhi and they were able to still be a very solid team. And I just thought, you know, even though Ibaka is very important defensively, I thought them getting younger and Gasol wasn't the worst thing, but clearly right now it looks like it is. I completely agree with Norman Powell. He actually kind of reminds me as far as streaky goes, like Tim Hardaway Jr. is kind of that way as well. Um, he's either like really on or really off. Um, and Fred Van Vliet hasn't played great this year. He hasn't been terrible. But he also hasn't, you know, I don't think lived up to what he thought he was going to be as far as the new contract shows um, so far. And then Kyle Lowry, I mean, Obviously, still doing his stuff, but they've definitely been um, a little bit more disappointing in the East. And then, since that was also my second, who's your other one? Uh, well, I, I had um, 
you know, it doesn't seem like it. And I know they have an excuse, but Portland is just in a free fall since those injuries happened. And I just want to see a little bit more fight from them. Um, they rely so much on three pointers and Lillard that like, like I watched the game against Houston last night and they, you, they just get walked past to the rim every single time they want to, you know, the Rockets shoot a ton of threes, but I think after a while they were like, we can just go to the rim every single time. And they did. They, they you know, and, and the whole, and the, the Blazers are just content to drive the ball out of the rim and try to outscore you and shoot a three and they'll, they'll give you all the twos you want. Um, and his cancer walks around like his, his shoes in concrete. It's really incredible. And I know they lost uh, their, their two of their three best starters for a while, but they still have pros on that team around Willard. And they, they just, uh, I don't know. They just, like, they they have the same-ish record as the, as the Warriors, but it seems like two different teams. It seems like the Warriors can, are out fighting every night, and they're a little bit better since they figure some things out. And Portland seems like they're going the other way. Yeah, I completely agree. The injuries obviously don't help, but like you said, I mean, they – and I thought they had one of the better off-seasons of bringing in – more defensive-minded guys in Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Harry Giles. Obviously, losing like Collins and Nurkic doesn't help in that. But you know, it just even with those guys, it doesn't seem like they're improving defensively at all either. Right. Um. So now I kind of want to transition. Now that we've gotten, I think it's been about a week and a half, two weeks since you know Harden's been traded. I think we've seen probably four or five games with, you know, KD, Kyrie, and Harden together. Um, and now we've seen a few games now with Oladipo and John Wall. Obviously, prayers up for Karis LeVert that he's going to be all good to go um, next year. And then we've seen what Jared Allen's been doing on the cap. I kind of want to focus on the Rockets and the Nets because they're kind of the two key pieces of the deal. What have you thought of both teams so far? Uh, the Nets are, you know, you know what you're going to get from those three guys every night. Um, they just need help around the edges. I think they're going to be, you know, usually it's like the t- whatever team LeBron is on and a couple other teams in like the Bucks who are, are the biggest at the buyout market trying to swing a couple wins. Um, if they can find another, maybe a backup point guard in a, in a big man, like it's just even like serviceable. Um, I think it'll really help clean up some stuff for them because they're at this point, they're still trying to outscore everybody every night and they can, they definitely can. But um, so far, I, I can't really judge whether it's going to work as like a championship threat level. I mean, they're, they're good. They can beat anybody any night. But until they sure up the edges, and I just think they need some more time. But I will say Houston is the bigger surprise for me just because they all seem like they have a good chemistry. And, um, you know, Wall and Cousins have been healthier than I thought they'd be. They're playing more minutes than I thought. They look good. Um, Oladipo played well last night. Christian Woods at an all-star level. They just seem like they have a – Took, took a deep breath of relief since they got rid of Harden and they're playing, they're playing a little better. Yeah, I actually saw a crazy stat today when I was going through Twitter. And it was when James Harden was on the Rockets, they were ranked, I believe, 28th in overall defense. And since he's been traded, they're actually number one overall in the NBA now in team defense. And I think that's kind of what Wall and Cousins and were kind of alluding to about guys just like buying in. And I believe they've they've won four straight after winning last night. Um, and it seems like Oladipo and Wall are slowly developing that chemistry. You can still see that Wall and Cousins have it. Them getting good shooting from Eric Gordon on the outside, um, Daniel House, Tucker, all those guys. And then Christian Wood obviously playing at all-star level, like you said. Um, so, like you said, I think I've been present positive time. 
I still just don't know what to think about the Nets because, like you said, they can definitely outscore anybody. I just, I'm still under the impression that I still truly think that they would have been better off with just KD and Harden than all three. I mean, I look at, you know, the couple Cavs games they lost in a row and Kyrie's putting up more shots than both KD and Harden. Harden kind of struggled for a few games. I know all three of them balled against the Hawks and they won in overtime, but they also haven't played like the elites of the East yet. So I'm kind of interesting to wait because they beat the Bucs with just Harden and KD, but they haven't really played the Celtics or the Pacers. Um, I know they beat the Heat twice, but I mean, the Heat have just been so snake bitten, whether it's injuries or COVID, no Jimmy, no Hero, Dragic. I know Bam played both those games. Um, And the Nets actually almost blew both those games with double-digit leads. But like you said, they can beat anyone on any given night by outscoring them. But if they don't pick up another big man or help off the bench, I just don't know yet. I, I think we still need to see another few weeks of games before we can make like an accurate assessment. But right now I'm not willing to say that they're going to be the favorites to come out of the East. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I just uh, – like they, they're just – really not trying very hard on defense at all. And I just, if I'm going to give, you know, teams like Portland crap for that, I have to give the same with them. And, um, you know, to, in, in playoff time, it's not gonna be, you're not going to be able to just walk, walk in and pull up into, you know, rhythm three pointers, every single play guys are going to be in your chest. So you're gonna have to work a little harder. And then, then if they don't have some bench help, they're going to be exhausted. Yeah. I mean, Deandre Jordan's been a non-factor too. I mean, he's always on the bench because he's in foul trouble. He's just not, a factor offensively. I, mean, I know he's kind of more just a defensive guy, but even defensively, he's really not helping them that much either. Right. Um, but so to end our show today, this is going to be a little bit longer segment. We're going to go into East and West, our all-stars. Um, we'll start with the East. And before we even do this, I just want to say that sometimes I think the all-star voting and the system they do is just completely stupid. I don't know how you feel about it, with like the percentages for like the fan poll and then the players and coaches and everything. I just feel like the players and coaches need to have more weight sometimes than some of the fan voting. I know it's for the fans, but like some players that get left off for all-star teams um, year after year is kind of ridiculous personally. Yeah, it's tough. I think, um, I think they've they've tried to make the fans less important, but then they like end up getting a guy in like Trey as a starter last year, and it mixes the whole mess up. I I don't know. At least they don't tie the salaries to it like they do all NBA anymore. Yeah, I agree with that a lot for sure. Um, so I think the best way to do this is um, I'll give you my starters, and then you can give me your starters, and we can kind of go back and forth, and then go into the bench after. Okay. Um, so my starters that I would have for the East, I had Giannis, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown, and Bradley Beal. Yeah, I have the same exact ones. Okay, because I just don't think – like there's really not other guys that I would put in the starting lineup. I mean, if Kyrie or Harden – or Bam, or even Jason Tatum to that factor, played more, maybe they could have made a case. But I just think there's no way you can substitute any of those guys. I mean, Bradley Beal, God bless him for being in Washington. 
another unreal year. Still can't believe he didn't make the all-star team last year. I think that's completely ridiculous. Um, Jalen Brown's been playing at an all-world level. I mean, KD coming off the Achilles, I mean, just been unreal. I still think MB is the MVP to this point. And then Giannis, obviously Giannis does his thing, average double-double. Bucks are still going to be a powerhouse in the East. But, yeah, I don't know if you want to add anything more to that. Yeah, for a while I, I would have maybe started had Sabonis as a starter over KD, but I think they've they've been on different paths for the last month. Yeah. Um so we can go into bench now. Um we'll go like a few at a time. So I'll give you two and then if you want to give two, um okay. we kind of go back and forth. So echoing off what you just said, I have Sabonis and Jason Tatum um as my first two guys on the bench. I have, I have both those guys. I think that uh, if Tatum if Tatum played well, Brown's just played more than Tatum has, and he's been and he's been better. But I think obviously Tatum's a better player. And they also another thing about just like the voting stuff. Um, I don't know if they switched it or not, but like some guys are eligible as guards and forwards, and some guys aren't. It's just it's kind of convoluted sometimes. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, when I was doing it, I didn't really look too hard into positions. I was kind of just going the next seven best. Um. I had Trey Young and Ben Simmons in there as well. Okay, I have Trey. I don't have Ben. Um, you know, I love Ben, but he, he's there's been certain games this year where he just shoots like three times. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know who he's mad at or what. And then, like, like the other night against the Lakers, he played absolutely out of his head. He always plays hard against LeBron. I don't know if it's a clutch thing or what, but, um, like, he just drives me nuts sometimes because the first, like, three plays of that game, he, he just bulldozed his way to the rim and scored, just laid it in. And it's like, dude, you can really honestly do that whenever the hell you want, and he never does. But at the same time, he's also, like, the best defensive player in the league right now. So, like, I, I understand the case for him getting in. Yeah, I was – like, I like, I don't think he's been great offensively, but I think defensively I've really noticed him when I've gotten to see a few of their games. So, that's why I put him um, in there. Who are some of the other guys that you have for bench? Uh, so, you, I have um, – so, we said Tatum, Sabonis, and Trey. I have Julius Randle. Um, which is a surprise, but I don't know how you keep him off. He's been awesome. He's like he's had a few triple doubles. Um, he's like playing on like like the same way Jokic does, but just a little bit less efficient. Um, I have I have Kyrie and Harden, and then I have uh, Colin Sexton as the last one. Okay, so I had Sexton as an honorable mention. Um, I didn't put Kyrie or Harden in. I kind of texted you about it before this. Um, part of it was Harden was in the West and came to the East. So I know that's kind of hard to hold against him. I just didn't think there's a few games with the Nets when Kyrie joined when it was all three of them where Harden just didn't really look like he knew how to fit in personally. And then Kyrie just, you know, went on like a two week, you know, just disappeared um, and didn't play at all. So I didn't put him on. I have, so I knew I, I didn't think you were going to put him on. And I, I, same thing kind of like Julius Randle. I just don't know how you leave him off. I have Zach Levine on. Like he's just playing at an unreal level. And I know you might disagree with that because the Bulls aren't playing great overall, but he's been playing out of his mind lately. Yeah. He's the first cut for me. He's been really good. Um, And then it came down to, so I had Randle as also honorable. I actually went with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, instead of him, I like Malcolm Brogdon's game a lot. I think we've talked about him numerous times over the past few podcasts. He's been having a 
really good year. And then my other one was because I didn't have Harden, I put Nikola Vucevic. Okay. Yeah. So with for a lot of my criteria, I just try to make sure you, if it's like not at the top, like what Beal's doing. The only I only have two guys I think on the whole team that have are on losing record team. That was, that's like a Levine thing that holds me back. Um, I think Randall, who I who they've been. 500 or better most of the year I've been skating lately. So he gets cut last. And then Beal's the only other guy with a losing record I have on the team. So that's the thing. Like, that's why I weighed – like, Levine might be playing better than Sexton is, but I think Sexton's more contributing more to winning games. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I can 100% see, like, where – and I think that's where the voting gets interesting, too, is because you have some people that it's all about, like, the stats and what they're doing. And then others, it's like you just said – how you're playing as well as how you're contributing to your wins for your team and how valuable you are. And then some of it's just like pure, like the name, like, yeah, like that's, that's why it's tough to go Brogdon over Kyrie or Harden because, you know, you're going to turn the all-star game on this. You just kind of expect to see him. So I guess that's kind of just wedged in my head. Yeah. And that's why I kind of tried to make my list a tiny bit different and kind of knock those guys off. Not that, like I said, Kyrie could definitely easily be in. I honestly don't know if I would put Harden in just because like, he was really good for the few games he played in Houston. He's kind of been on and off with the Nets. Um, it's kind of hard to hold that against him, though. But same thing with, like, Bam. Bam's been really good this year when he's played. But, like, with the injuries and COVID, I just couldn't throw him in. But Gordon Hayward's another one that I think deserves, like, a little bit of talk. But, like, yeah, if they, if they also – they, They've been skating lately, too, but he's been, he's been awesome. If he yeah. were still around, like, 500, I would, have, I would really th- be thinking about it. Um, and then since I named my starters right away for the East, I'll let you go first for the West of who your starting lineup would be. Okay, I have Lucas, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, and then honestly, it's coin flip for me, Paul George or Kawhi. I figured one of them had to be in there, and I just put Kawhi. I think two weeks ago it would have been Paul George, but Kawhi, why not? So I have all the exact same except for one. I have Steph. I do not have Luca. I actually went with Donovan Mitchell. I, yeah, that's, that's a good. That's a good call. They, they, um, like I, I just talked about winning games, and he's been contributing more to winning for sure. Um, so yeah, I put Mitchell in just because of how well he and the team's been playing. Um, my apologies to Steph Curry because I think after that rough start, we were kind of like, "Oh man, I don't even know if they're going to be able to be an eight seed." Nope. It turns out as soon as Draymond Green came back, they are. Perfectly fine. Steph Curry, Steph Curry. There's no point guard in the NBA that is even close to Steph Curry. He just does things on a basketball court that, like, shouldn't be done. Like, he was really struggling against um, – trying to think who they played. The Timberwolves, I think, the other night. I think he only had, like, four points in the first half. And then the third quarter, he comes out, dribbles around, like, four different dudes. It's, like, four threes in a row. And just like, okay, well, can't guard that. Um, but, yeah, I think all the other guys, like you said, Kawhi and – Kawhi and PG were a coin flip for me as well. I went with Kawhi. Um, and then LeBron and Jokic have obviously been playing at MVP-type levels. Um, but, yeah, I, I really liked what Mitchell's been doing with the Jazz. So, I put him – I gave him the gave him the nod for once for an underrated all-star for starter. Yeah, so, okay, to start off my bench, I'll just go with him and uh, – I put him and Gobert both on the team. Okay. I figured since they're 14-4, and four, the one seed in the West, I think they deserve two. So I obviously go better with the other one. And he's he might be defensive player of the year again. Yeah. Um I had Dame and Paul George. Um and Luca, obviously. Um I also have Devin Booker on there. Um and I threw Christian Wood in 
I think I have, Woods. I have Wood. I, I don't have. I don't have Booker. I don't think he's been good enough. That's fair. I just think the Suns have been playing pretty well. I've liked what Booker's been doing. I have Ingram on there, which is weird, but he's been his numbers are nuts. Yeah, I have. I didn't know who to put between. I have like Ingram slash Williamson because I just didn't know which one to put in because like they both have been playing really good. I probably would go Ingram. Like Anthony Davis, it was kind of a tough because like I think he's another one where his name kind of gets him on there, but like AD hasn't like stood out to me this year. Yeah, I have him on there because they're so good, but he's definitely coasting. I thought going into this year that they would kind of let LeBron rest and kind of play through Davis, you know? And it's kind of been the opposite. LeBron is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so we pretty much have a lot of the same. One player that I'm going to make sure gets mentioned, and if he wasn't hurt right now, there's absolutely zero case that he should not be an all-star, and that's C.J. McCollum. If he yeah, was not he was, hurt, he, definitely he should 100% be an all-star. Yeah, he was playing awesome. Like, out of this world. I also threw um, other honorables. Uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander, I think, is having a really good year. Um, <laughs> DeMar DeRozan, they're 10-8. and eight. Yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one ever watches the Spurs, but the, him, and, him and Aldridge are just doing what they always do. Um, and then I had Gobert as well. I was kind of contemplating between Christian Wood um, and Gobert, and I gave it to Christian Wood just because of how he was playing with Wall and them kind of out for a little bit and keeping them afloat. And then, obviously, Booker is probably my biggest question mark. Um, I think he's another one where watch all-star game i'd rather watch devin booker than rudy gobert but that's kind of the same thing we were kind of just talking about right um but yeah i think that's that pretty much covers it for all-star it'll be interesting to see i know all-star voting i think opened yesterday so it'll be interesting to see over the next few weeks because i don't think they're they're not doing an actual game this year i don't believe right they're just they just floated the idea of maybe doing it now in atlanta Uh Gotcha. Yeah, I'd, I'd read a report about it, but I wasn't um, completely sure. Um, is there they're going to like, other... like give the proceeds to charity or something. Gotcha. That makes perfect sense. And I think to wrap up the episode today, um, with it being you know a few days after now a passing of Kobe, unfortunately, I wanted to each of us talk about our favorite Kobe Bryant moment or memory that we have of him. Oh wow! I think it. Uh, I think the the series that he almost beat Steve Nash in when he was just like it was like a eight one or seven two playoff matchup. You know the one where he like gets the ball at, at with seven seconds left, he goes up and pulls up his his his, his jumper from the elbow. Yeah, that was probably my favorite year to watch him. And that when that, that shot went in, I really thought he was because that, that Suns team was unbelievable. It was like the Amari Nash peak. And uh, I really thought he was going to do it. They ended up coming back and losing in seven. But um, I remember when he hit that shot. I remember. I, I still remember watching it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I I feel like my Kobe memories are a little bit different because I didn't really get to see like the number eight years because I was so young or like I don't remember them as much. Um, the two vivid Kobe memories I have, I remember. I don't even know why it sticks out so much, but I just think it was it was literally just one play. They were playing the Nets, and it was when they had Paul Pierce, KG, and them. Um, and he, it was a really good back and forth game. Him and Joe Johnson were kind of going at it, and he just drives down the lane, 
And I want to say it was over Brooke Lopez, Gerald Wallace, and Chris Humphreys. Just, like, dunked on all three. And, like, they just ended up pulling away. And I was, like, for some reason, I can always picture, like, the Yes Network's, like, announcer, like, with Kobe Bryant dunking on all three of those guys. I don't know why it sticks out. Um, But it's hard not to remember his last game against the Jazz. Like, pretty much every time he got the ball, like, he was just shooting it. And for a while, it looked like, oh, no, like, they're going to lose this game. And then, of course, in, like, poetic justice, Kobe fashion, like, just catches fire and ends it in, like, the most Kobe way possible. Yeah, that was incredible. It's, like, crazy to think it's been a year since that happened. But figured I wanted to get that in because I do miss, you know, having Kobe in the game and just being around the game. Um, and I think all the players and just NBA in general um, miss him. But that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. But um, good talking to you as always. I'm sure in a few weeks we're going to have a lot more to talk about. As It's kind of crazy because of the season not being like significantly shorter, but we're going to have a better general idea of what playoffs are going to be starting to shape up like um, in a few weeks. We can kind of talk about that. Um, maybe we'll have some blockbuster trades by then as well. We could probably whip up some trades, whether it's Bradley Beal, um, Lonzo Ball, any of those other guys as well. Um, but until next time, uh, talk to you again soon, Zach. All right, man. Sounds good.